This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. Thanks for staying tuned. 9.20, Monday, 9th of January. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, a quick update on the FBMKLCI. It's still in the green. At the moment, it's up 0.4%. 1,485 points. The rest of the region also in positive territory, driven very much by that fantastic performance on US markets last Friday night. But turning our attention to Asia. Now, like we say, the regional markets here appear to have taken a turn for the better, led by the recent outperformance of the Shanghai Composite Index and also the Hang Seng Index. This has been underpinned by a slew of changes with regards to the COVID-19 restrictions, which appear to have been fast and abrupt. Of significance is China removing quarantine requirements for inbound travellers from January the 8th. While there have been media reports on rising infections in China, increased hospitalisation and death rates, most economic pundits believe the rest of Asia will be a net beneficiary from the reopening in 2023. So how should investors gain exposure to a China reopening and which markets in Asia look to benefit the most from this? For insights, we speak to Tang Teng Bu. He's the CEO of Capital Dynamics Group. Now, the last time we spoke to you, you appeared quite optimistic on Chinese equities. And since then, the party congress meeting in October, the Shanghai Composite Index is actually up 10%, while the Hang Seng Index has breached 21,000 points. Now, what do you make of this sharp move upwards? And of course, the trillion dollar question, is it sustainable in your view? Uh, hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I think quite optimistic is an understatement of my optimism. I'm very optimistic. And uh, most people don't realize that the Hansing Index has had a bear market since 2018. It's not just COVID, it's not just uh, that infection. Uh, Hong Kong had a bear market starting with the ridiculous 2019 riots. So the Hansing Index in that four plus almost five years has plunged 56%. Uh, I think that was way overdone. And uh, the spike that you spoke about, whether it's in Shanghai, Shenzhen or Hong Kong, uh, it's just the beginning. And it's a, I would see it as a multi-year type of uh, positive trend upwards. And um, Mr. Tan, what sectors and stocks are you most positive positive on for China equities and why? I think for Chinese stocks, I'm uh, optimistic across the board. Uh, almost, almost every sector, you know, the property market has plummeted, but it is already stabilizing and it is already on the verge at the beginning of a recovery. Uh, the Internet, the platform, the digital enterprises, the like the Alibaba, the Tencent, they're all at the very beginning of a multiple year, uh, I wouldn't use the word bull run, but a multiple year positive trend. So I am positive, literally, across all sectors. So beyond China, on China, some strategists have spoken to appear to like commodities as a proxy to China's reopening, while others also advocate like, you know, purchasing uh, equities in other countries such as Singapore Alliance and luxury good makers in Europe. Do you feel this is the right approach to gain exposure then? Uh, I guess in every investment, it's all about managing risks. And then you have to look at the risk reward. So if you look at risk reward, uh, if you look at investment from that perspective, the stocks 
the economy, the market that offers the best risk reward ratio is still Chinese stocks. Uh, partly because uh, it has dropped quite a fair bit, partly because of the immense potential that the Chinese uh, market and the Chinese economy offer. Uh, I think most people have forgotten that the Chinese consumer market uh, will be the largest in the world uh, in the not too distant future. And in about five, ten years from now, a bit delayed by the COVID, the Chinese economy will be the largest in the world. So why look at the next three months, six months? Why not look at the next three years, six years? Okay, so we know you're a China bull, but what other Asian markets do you have your eye on and why? Yeah, like I said, you know, look at risk-reward. If I look at, uh, say, Singapore, yeah, it is safe, but the reward, the upside is pretty limited. Uh, if I look at, say, uh, India, India is way overvalued, and the term of uh, Narendra Modi is, well, will end someday. And what happens to India then? If you look at, uh, say, the Japanese stocks, Japanese stocks have been way overvalued. The reason why the Nikkei average can stay where it is because the biggest investor in the Japanese market has been the Bank of Japan. They have bought, they're the largest holder of ETF, of Japanese ETF. So what kind of risk do you face in this stock market? Unknown risk. Well, the risks in China are well-documented, well-written by the Western media, and the prices are at a level which I think have probably discounted most of the major risks. So from a risk-reward profile, I would have to say, look, the Chinese stocks offer the best. Uh, it's also a consensus view that the US will experience a recession in 2023, which will likely be short and shallow. In spite of this, do you think it's time to get an exposure to some quality names in the US, such as Apple, Amazon, or even Tesla? Uh, okay. I mean, the headwinds facing Tesla, uh, headwinds facing Amazon and uh, Apple, they are not cyclical, they are structural. There's already a major downtrend in consumption of smartphones globally, not just in the US. Uh, Amazon is facing very strong downward pressure on advertising revenue. And in the case of Tesla, they are facing fierce competition in the second largest market, which is China, which is why they needed to have a second price cut in China. Of course, in the case of Tesla, you have the other issue of uh, Elon Musk uh, can't can't really decide whether he's the CEO of Tesla or CEO of Twitter. So for those stocks, I think you've got to look at it, uh, not just from a typical... Amazon.com has plunged, uh, so has Tesla. But if you want a short cyclical rebound, yeah, you, you can make some money out of it. But from a longer term, I will look at other stocks rather than this three. And bringing closer to home, the KLCI index has gained some ground right since the conclusion of the GE15 last year. How should mm. investors be thinking about Malaysian equities? Uh, great question. But unfortunately, I don't have a great answer because I have to be able to tell you what Malaysia's political outlook is going to be like. And as you can see, the, I mean, the, the unity government is going to have their first 100 days uh, session on their KPI. But even before that, the Sabah state government has collapsed. And this year, we're going to have six state elections, three in uh, states which are controlled by the current government and three which are controlled by the opposition. 
what what are the voting trends going to be like by then and what will happen uh, to the current government? I have no answer. I only have questions. Okay. So in the case of Malaysia, it's basically stock picking. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. That was Tan Teng Bu, CEO of Capital Dynamics Group. And by the way, uh, Sabah State Government still... <laughs> still holding strong for the moment. Um, next, we've got the pressing matters. Shazana Mokta speaks to political communist Moshin Abdullah on the expectations for the Amno General Assembly this week. That's happening after the 9.30am news bulletin. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.